Hey, this is Lucky Yates. Hey there, this is Jimmy Simpson. Hello, this is Brad Sherwood. Hi, this is Claire Coffey. This is Andy Daly. Hey there, this is Kevin Durant. Hi, I'm Chris Barnell. Hey, this is TJ Fines. Hey y'all, this is David Hoffman. You are listening to Next Level Radio. Have fun. It's time for the Showcast. And now, here they are, those pop culture junkies and your hosts, Ben Beck, Adam Gorey, and Steve Richards. Welcome in, everyone, to another edition of the Showcast Spotlight. I am Ben Beck, joined once again by my co-host, Adam Gorey. And this time around, we're bringing you a double dose of guests. Uh, Our first guest this time around is somebody we had the chance to speak with uh, a while back, and we love spending time with them anytime they come to town to promote the show. Uh, You'd know him from Whose Line Is It Anyway? And, of course, one half of the show, An Evening with Colin and Brad. Please welcome back Mr. Brad Sherwood to the program. Brad, thanks for joining us again. Oh, my pleasure. <laughs> so you guys are coming back to town, and I know this time around, you guys are, usually you're in Easton, I think around November, and I know you're you're back there again, uh, but you're hitting a couple other places local to the area this time around, too. Oh, yes, we're, you know, we're trying to, we're like uh, a Subway sandwich place, <laughs> we want to open up as many locations as possible (laughs) does it does it feel like that the tour gets a little bit bigger every year are you trying to expand it every year because i know when we talked to you last time you said the tour really never kind of really never stops it's just spread out a little bit but do you find you're trying to add more places as you go along well i think you know it it we add new places that we haven't been before in markets that have never seen the show and you know and we try to go back to places that we have been Sometimes some towns will have us back every year, and other towns need to sort of wait a couple of years before they have us back to sort of rebuild the audience in, in their minds. Uh, you know, we're the only comedy show that is different every single time, so uh, I think they have sort of the same mindset as if you see a stand-up. They're not going to bring that stand-up back the next year because they're active. So. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I know you mentioned the cities that you kind of visit every year. And I know Easton and State Theater is one of them because I've actually seen you there uh, a number of times. And it's like you said, the show is different every time, which is one of the reasons why I love coming out and seeing you guys anytime you come to town. And I'll actually be at your show this coming weekend at Sugarhouse Casino, which is literally right up the road from me. So uh, I'll be there. Oh, and, terrific. And I'll probably be in easton too because it's you know again it's a couple months later and uh it'll be a completely different show which is why i love it it will indeed <laughs> except for mousetraps that'll always be exactly the same. <laughs> i was gonna say do you guys um i mean have you added any new games to the tour uh this year or in the past you know several probably, uh, months yeah. yeah we have a new game called song cue that we haven't been doing terribly long so i don't think we did it last time we were in Easton, and that's a lot of fun. It's similar to the game Kick It, but instead of just doing all rap songs, it's, we're doing all sorts of you know, different types of songs. We, we got instrumental versions of songs that everybody would recognize, and we're singing to those, which is a lot more challenging than <laughs> just rapping. <laughs> yeah, those are, those that, are always our, the, that's, the that's fun our new games. Favorite game. the... uh, that's your new favorite? Yeah, that's our new favorite one. We both have a lot of fun in it, and, it, and Partly because it scares us, you know. You can never relax 
when you're improvising. And so when we're doing games that are still sort of fresh or new or no matter how many times we've played it, you can't rest on your laurels in, in that game for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I know. I think the last time we talked to you, um, you had mentioned something in that uh, you, I think you wanted to try and find a way, and I don't know if you were serious or not, but if you said you wanted to try and find a way to phase out mouse traps just because of how painful it is. And, uh, I think we had ended up saying that uh, we couldn't see how you could do that because that's such a fan favorite. Yeah, that's the only reason we even play that game is because it just turns the the audience into a bunch of squealing little kids <laughs> laughing hysterically, kind of in a way that you, you don't really usually laugh even at a comedy show. You know, it's you know it's kind of like screams and and silliness, and so we just do it. You know, we hate the game, but uh, it whips them into such a frenzy right before the end of the show that it's just such a good button. You know, it's like a little a little tasty dessert after a big meal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but for us, it's torture, and we don't really. It doesn't feel like improv compared to the rest of the show. Well, for me, <clears throat> my cheeks hurt going into mouse traps, and then after mouse traps, I couldn't even feel them anymore. Just from yeah, laughing so much. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't imagine. <laughs> Just go go to the hardware store, buy a couple mouse traps, take your shoes off put on a blindfold or turn the lights off in your kitchen and just walk around for a while. <laughs> uh, I'm sure I can find something better to do. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll pass on that. With, um, uh, now I'm drawing a blank, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, I forgot I was going to ask. But, um, I mean, I know we probably asked you this last time, but, you know, more recently, has there any been any good... Um, maybe memorable audience particip- participations that you guys have had that, you know, something an audience member has done this time around that, you know, kind of caught you guys off guard? I would say for, for this particular question, and we do get that question a lot, I'm not saying it to uh, diss you that you're asking a question I've heard before, but we as improvisers are the worst people to ask that question <laughs> because during the show you have no ability to really remember anything as remarkable because the entire <laughs> show is unexpected and generally people's things that stick out in someone's memory from something that was going on in a show like a broadway show or whatever is when something out of the ordinary happens but our entire brain is living in out of the ordinary space during the whole show because we don't know what's going on so everything that colin says to me is out of the ordinary because i'm not expecting it so you can't like catalog some other thing and go oh, that's the thing I remember that I didn't think was going to happen because the entire show is that way. And, you know, so even if some audience member does something really wild and crazy, you know, if someone else mentions it after the show or a week later, I can go, oh, yeah, I remember that. But when you're in the show, you're in sort of like this intellectual triage, you know, (laughs) dealing with this (laughs) crisis situation that you can't catalog these things as memories, you know? Does that make sense? No, I, yeah, it, it it does make sense quite a bit. I mean, especially because I mean, you know, you guys have to be at the top of your game yeah. going into the next game. So, yeah, it's it's just that uh, if we were doing a play and something happened in the middle of the play, like a chandelier fell down, you would remember that for the rest of your life and tell it to everybody. But our show is 
a chandelier falling down and then wild bees coming at us and then <laughs> a river of lava and then monkeys <laughs> blowing darts at us. You know what I'm saying? It's all ridiculous and remarkable. And our brains are constantly coming up with things as we're improvising, you know? Yeah. And, and at the same yeah. time, your brain is capable of having more than one thought when you come up with an idea on stage. You know, sometimes my brain is like, oh, gosh, what should I, which way should I go with this in this moment? You know, so I'm looking inside my head at maybe three or four options that I could do right then. So I, there's no space in my mind for memory of, <laughs> you know, something because because all I would remember is, oh, at that moment I had like five thoughts in my head. Yeah, <clears throat> I know. I know. Um... And, and the other thing, the, I just just one more thing sure. on that. If someone does something rem- really ridiculous on stage like that, uh, when that happens, we are still in our now what are we going to do about that mode? And either coming up with uh, something funny to say yeah. and using it. So we're still working when that magical thing happens because it's still our job to take that and build on it and make it funny or call attention to it and dissect it and make it look ridiculous. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel like there are times uh, from some of the shows that I've been to that a lot of times when you put the you know the next step into the audience's hand, whether it's because I know there's a game where you pass a microphone around to the audience, and um, I've gotten so close to having that microphone in my hand before, and uh, and at, at the same time, while I'm excited to get it, I'm also relieved when I don't, uh, just because it's a lot mm-hmm. of pressure with everybody before me. But uh, I kind of feel like sometimes there are people in the audience that do things intentionally to purposely try and throw you guys off your game and kind of make you guys misstep a little bit i i I would say that the overall uh mindset of the audience is yes they want to have fun but they kind of want to see if we're the real deal and part of them proving to themselves that we're the real deal is throwing something that they think we can't deal with you know it's 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 a skepticism that people watch magic shows with too you're like, he did not make that elephant actually disappear. There's a trick here. So as much as it may amaze you, your brain is never going to go, well, he just actually made it disappear. No, he used some <laughs> method to make it disappear without you being able to figure it out. Yeah. That, you know. And so, so I think people see uh, an improv show, and, and there's a little skepticism that we couldn't possibly really be able to be that consistent and funny nonstop for two hours in a show. You know, we must default to, uh, you know, the old, let's do the old plumber gig or, you know, so that's why they want to come up with things that would possibly screw us up or, or confuse us. Yeah. But you guys are always at the top of your game, man. And that's one of the reasons why I always love coming out to the shows. Cause no matter what people throw at you, man, you guys take it in stride and you just ride, ride right along with it. I, th- I think that you have to be at the top of your game because, the be- I think we've, we've learned that we do our best improv when we leap off into the unknown. The weirder something goes and the more confusing it is, that tends to make us uh, work better. It's almost like our, our comedy brains are like Ferraris. They really only do good when they're blown out wide open. Yeah. <laughs> they don't do well in city traffic, but when they're going 250 <laughs> miles an hour, that's what they're designed to do. So. That's when my brain improvises at its best, when, when I'm sort of just hanging on the edge of the car as it's careening around going, there's no way we're going to be able to make this make sense. And then that's when the magic really happens. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah that was kind of a, some 
something I, I was thinking of. Like, is it one of those things where you have to stay really focused to stay on your game, or staying focused is actually a negative thing? Right? I would I would guess in this case, like too focused. I, yeah, I, I I don't really overanalyze how my brain works, but I think I am sort of an ADD, easily distracted, but smart and verbose person combined. So like part of my brain is a really good researcher and then the other part of my brain is like, oh, look, a bunny. And I think the combination <laughs> of those two things are what make a good improviser. <laughs> because every moment you have to throw away and you like, I could be coming up with a, oh, I know what I'll do. I'm going to, and then Colin says something and that negates the reality that I was about to offer up and now I have to abandon that and go with what he's doing. So you can't become too precious even with an idea uh, or with an idea that you just spit out if he comes up with something and gives you a reason why why you can't go do that because the you know the monsoon is coming. Oh, okay, and then you have to keep running off in whatever direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. That's that's kind of what I figured because I mean it's like if you're people who are like really focused have a tendency not to let their mind wander, and that's pretty much all you have. You know. All you're doing the whole time, your mind has to wander. Yeah, an improv game um, is kind of like the two of us uh, trying to keep a balloon from hitting the floor, but the challenge is also to never touch the balloon the same way twice. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That, yeah, that, I know. I, um, yeah. Go ahead, ben. I was just going to say that's an interesting way to put it too. I never actually pictured it that way, and when you when you put it in that sense, uh, it, it, it it does make a lot of sense. Yeah, I've also said in, in interviews in the past that doing improv the best is to always do it differently and never fall into a rut and constantly challenge yourself to do it always in a unique way is counter to everything else that people get good at in the world. You know, if you're a professional basketball player, you get good with muscle memory by taking free throws and trying to do it the exact same way every time. If you're a guitarist, you run scales and you play the songs over and over again until you do it from muscle memory. Improv is totally the opposite. There's no other thing that you get good at by not repeating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and because that's so weird, it's, it, that's why people can't quite understand or think, well, you must sort of do the same things over and over again because that's how we learn, like, that's how you learn to write letters in the alphabet. That's how you learn uh, anything in school. It's repetition. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that it, makes sense. Yeah. I mean, sorry, Ben, go ahead. No, go, <laughs> go ahead. That's fine. Oh. No, I was going to change gear. I know um, before we let you go, I know Whose Line is coming back in a, a couple of weeks. I think uh, May 29th on the CWU in any episodes this year? I am. We uh, shot some, and I'm not sure how many it will be edited into. Uh, because they usually get more than one episode out of any given taping. Uh, but yes, I was there. I did a show or two, and uh, I think it was a shorter season this year. They they didn't shoot as many because apparently the producer said they still had a backlog of un, you know unaired, edited episodes from the previous season. So that's a way of them saving production costs. We still get paid when a new one gets edited and aired, but uh, they don't have to you know re-rent the studio space and have extra shoot days. 
That's I oh, mean, that's interesting, and that's good for you guys too. I mean, because you know, anytime a production, I'm thinking from the professional standpoint, if you know the CWC's production costs are low, that gives them good more another reason to bring you guys back for another season afterwards too. Yeah, yeah, our production costs were so low on ABC that they uh, uh, that um, they had us up against Survivor and Friends when we first came on the air. And then when we weren't getting amazing ratings because we were against the two most popular television shows on the planet, they thought, oh, people don't like this show. And then they put it somewhere else and it got great ratings. So. Yeah. Ne- never, never underestimate a network's ability to completely ruin something good. Yes, yeah, seriously. I wonder why this show has lower ratings than Friends and Survivor exactly. in their prime. Yeah. Did you, um, yeah. I, know, you know, I know the tendency of the show is to have... Uh, you know, a celebrity guest appear, you know, once per episode, usually from the network. So probably a lot of CW uh, actors and actresses. Anyone, um, anyone good that you got to meet this time around, or even last year that we'll see air uh, this year? I remember I, we uh, Wayne and I sang a song to Carmen Electra this season. Ooh, Ooh, that's interesting. Um, be... Yeah, that was. Uh, I can't remember what we sang about because <laughs> I have no memory of what happens on stage. <laughs> <laughs> what happens on stage. Stays on stage and never remember, <laughs> never is remembered by me until it airs. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, one final Greg question. Greg is probably the only one who can remember that stuff. But Greg, he has, he I, has a brain. Yeah, I I met Greg and he is he's a genius, man. He his memory is like a sponge. Oh, he he, man, he reads history books and can tell you like verbatim. The entire book that he just read. It's, yeah. He's. I, I always. I. I say. I always say to people, he's the smartest person I know personally because he's just a font of information, well read. Uh, just always is pouring over history books and sports and music and movies and. Yeah, I wish I. I, I wish I could have that intellect and <laughs> and figure out a way to monetize it. <laughs> yeah, I went to but one I of take his. Take my shoes off and walk around on miles traps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey! It, it, everything works differently for different people. So, uh, one final question I had for you, Brad, before we let you go, and this is something I've mm-hmm. always been curious about. Uh, you know, when you hear you guys or people similar to you, like comedians or improvisational uh, comedians, you know, go on radio programs. I, I always hate, and this is one of the reasons why we don't do it. I always hate like the programs or the hosts that be like, oh, well, can you tell us something funny or can you make something up on the spot right now? And um, I always wonder what like, you know, when you're doing an interview, you kind of have to be like on the nicer side and you have to be professional about it. But, you know, is there anything about that that bothers you? Does that annoy you if anybody ever does that or how do you take that? Uh, We try. We always Every once in a while, they'll spring it on you without telling you, but usually they ask either the publicist or us, you know, when we see them right before whatever it is we're doing. We were thinking of playing a game and this and that, and we usually say, you know, it just doesn't play well on the radio. If you want us to sort of improvise like a made-up radio program, so it's within the realm of the medium we're working in, but because just to do an improv game like the Alphabet Game or, you know, I've done the Alphabet Game probably... 15 times on different radio stations and it never i mean you're not you don't first of all you don't have an audience there yeah so you're not getting laughs and you're stammering through it with uh, a couple of radio guys that are you know tripping over the the, not the greatest version of the alphabet game because they haven't (laughs) played it before you know so 
it kind of it doesn't put you in the best light. It's kind of like asking uh, a musician to play a kazoo version of their favorite song that they're going to be playing in concert. Yeah, that <laughs> with a bunch of kindergartners. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So we try to stay away from it. Yeah, that, and like I said, there's actually, there's a great. You might be able to find it. There's a great, well, not great, but mortifying uh, video probably somewhere on YouTube of a morning show I did years ago, and they threw this on me without letting me know. Scenes from, uh, was it scenes from a hat? And, and, yeah, it was like a scenes from a hat thing. And Yeah, I think we was, talked about it last time you were on. Oh, I, I did find it. Yeah, yeah I did find it. <laughs> I'll have to yeah. find it again because I don't think I've watched it, it still makes then. It still makes me cringe. <laughs> you know, I mean, they they were well intentioned, but it was just right. like, hey, you're, <laughs> you're you're asking me to turn these ideas that you had without an audience at seven in the morning, yeah, that was without really... without actually improvising with someone else into like a one liner. So they yeah, up, it's just... like someone's death too, didn't they? Wasn't one of the one of the things yeah. like somebody dying or something like that? Yeah. Oh my god, it was yeah. funny for a completely different reason. Yes, it, yeah, it was. It was. It was more like The Office, you know, the the Ricky yeah, Gervais version yeah. of The Office, where you start yeah. to cringe from something really painful and awkward. Yeah, so, yeah exactly. At um, least that's out there in perpetuity. Yeah. Well, you you guys are coming to town. You're hitting a number of spots uh, this coming weekend. Uh, you guys are going to be in Wilkes-Barre at the uh, FF Kirby Theater on the 11th. Uh, you'll be in Gettysburg at the Majestic Theater on the 12th. And then you'll be at Sugar House Casino, which is where I'll be seeing you guys uh, right in Philadelphia Terrific. On, on May 13th. So uh, you'll, right. you'll be returning to Easton November 18th. And then for anybody outside of the local area, they can just visit uh, ColinandBradshow.com for tour dates of uh, other places that you'll be. Absolutely, and make sure you stop by and say hey after the show. I would love to. I know I ha- um, the last time we talked to you, I wasn't able to make it to that show. I know Adam and his wife actually met you guys afterwards. Um, so I, I fully plan to take advantage of that this time around at Sugar House and uh, see you guys after the show. Terrific. So, uh, Brad, thanks for joining us again. It's always a blast. It's always a blast when we have you on. My pleasure. It was good talking to you guys, and so, take care. Yep, and we'll see you this weekend yeah, you too, man. Okay, great. Right. Take care. Welcome in, everybody, to the second half of this edition of the Showcast Spotlight. Our first half, we spoke with Brad Sherwood, uh, who is one half of the show, An Evening with Colin and Brad. And joining us right now, we have the other half of that, someone else you would know uh, also from Whose Line Is It Anyway, as well as many other projects. Uh, please welcome to the program, back to the program, as a matter of fact, Mr. Colin Mockery. Thank you. Nice to be back. Yeah, we love having you guys on. As we were talking to Brad, you know, anytime you guys are approaching coming into town anytime soon or anywhere locally, we love having you guys on to promote the show. And uh, not only that, just having you guys on, just you, you guys are a joy to talk to. Oh, that's very nice of you. Thank you. And th- thanks for having me on second. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to end strong. Exactly, exactly. We we save the best for last. We just won't tell Brad. No, no, never tell him. <laughs> Uh, you know, so we talked to Brad a little bit. You guys are coming back to town. And, you know, as we mentioned to Brad as well, like, um, it seems like every time you guys tour, you add a little bit more and more, not only on stage, but off stage as well as, you know, as far as the locations that you go to. It seems like that your tour expands every year. Uh, it does seem that way. And, um, we have to thank our uh, sort of team for 
finding us new markets and uh, getting us out there. Yeah, uh, this year we're going to India and Singapore, which is going to be exciting, um, as well as all around uh, the U.S. So we can't complain as much as we'd like to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is, uh, you mentioned India and Singapore. Is this um, a first for you guys traveling internationally for the tour, or is this something you guys have done before? Um, yeah, we did Australia a few years back. Uh, this will be our third time in India. For some reason, uh, Who's Line is really popular there. So uh, Brad and I went out there, um, I guess, about uh, four years ago and then last year. And then we're going out this year with our friend Greg Proops. So that oh, should be uh, very oh, awesome. interesting. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Do you find that there's um, any kind of language barriers or any kind of translation uh, difficulty when you guys perform in a different country? We, I, when we first went to India, we were a little worried because even though people told us, you know, they love Who's Line, we still felt, you know, there is a bit of a, um, a difference in our cultures. And then um, our very first show, we asked for something, and the very first suggestion we got was fart. <laughs> so then we felt more at ease. It was in our wheelhouse. It felt really good. <laughs> yeah, I, I can yeah. It's like you never left home. Exactly. <laughs> It's like a it's like a dream come true. <laughs> That's great. Um, um God, I I, I uh, real quick I know um uh, I'm trying to remember who it is now. Greg, uh Ryan, I think Jeff and Joel are doing a, a tour as well called Who's Live anyway. Did was that ever I mean, did they ever ask you got you guys to kind of guest on that? But you know, obviously I'm sure schedules are kinda hard to work out with your tour going on at the same time. Yeah, we go in and out. I mean, Brad and I uh, mostly do our tour together, and we, we do have a lot of dates. We we always seem to um, be working around the same time. But we have toured with, uh, you know, Jeff and Ryan and Greg and uh, Chip Eston before he was a big star. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's, and it's always great to, uh, to see those guys and goof around with them. Because, I mean, as well as being... Uh, great improvisers to work with they're all really good friends so it's always uh, just goofy fun when we get together yeah they're actually because they're in town um at least philadelphia in town uh two days before you guys are so it would have been so cool to like have uh have all of you in town at the same time but you guys will be in uh in wilkesbury when they're uh wilkesbury i'm probably saying it wrong uh when they're in yeah. town <laughs> yeah it, um, and our show is really so much better um, <laughs> I mean, oddly, part. what they do is they do short Shakespearean scenes. It, it's really, <laughs> I, I don't understand why they do it, but um, <laughs> they seem to be really intent in um, driving away their audiences. Yeah, it, it seems like <laughs> a little bit of a misconception when you buy tickets to a show called Who's Live It Is It Anyway? Exactly. You would expect some sort of uh, version of Whose Line Is It Anyway or some kind of improv, but no. They do some Shakespeare, and then uh, Ryan does some beat poetry. Oh, Oh, well, that, yes. we'll have to next time we have him on. We'll have to ask him to do some for us. <laughs> Love beat poetry. <laughs> oh, you'll you'll regret it. <laughs> <laughs> I know you guys were just in Wisconsin. And you get a few days off, um, you know, between now and and when you are in our area, or then and when you are in our area. What do you do? You guys usually head back home for a few days and then fly back in, or or what do you guys end up doing usually? Yeah, I usually uh, do most of our. Um, well, I would say about 80% of our gigs are uh, on the East Coast. So this weekend we were in uh, Milwaukee and um, um, Wausau. 
Wasaya. So Vlad, uh, because he lives in uh, Las Vegas, there was really no reason for him to fly back because he would have to fly back the uh, next day. So he tends to go to the next town where, I, uh, luckily, I'm in Toronto, so I just head back to uh, to home. Yeah. Uh, That's you, nice. You mentioned Brad being from Las Vegas. Have you guys ever performed the show in Vegas for a Vegas crowd? Yeah, we used to. Um, when we first were touring, it was everyone from Who's Line. It was Drew and Ryan and Wayne. And we did Caesars, I think, the first year. And then we're, we did MGM. It was always around the uh, Super Bowl weekend. And then Brad and I have done um, a few shows there. We took over uh, Rick Spring. Uh, Rick Springfield. Okay. That's his name, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I just lost all confidence. <laughs> uh, we did Barry Manilow's theater. Um, and then we uh, were in a theater where we were between an obscene uh, puppet and um, semi nude dancers. <laughs> so <it was> kind <laughs> of odd. <laughs> I guess when when you look at some of the games that you guys have played before, it, it might be fitting. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we we can fit in anywhere, actually. Uh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, you mentioned how you used to tour in the beginning with, you know, with everybody from Who's Line with Ryan and Drew and things like that. And, and I've seen your show a number of times. You and Brad have such a great chemistry on stage together when it comes, you know, to improv. You work well together and you bounce off of each other so well. I, what made... What made it be that you two were the two that went on tour together instead of perhaps maybe like you and Ryan or, or Brad and Greg? Yeah. Uh, well, I think people expected Ryan and I to do it, and I you know, certainly uh, always enjoy working with him. But uh, when we first started touring, he had this flying thing where he couldn't fly. So that really makes uh, touring difficult. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, Brad had actually uh, approached me and said, you know, I've been thinking about doing this two-man thing. Do you want to, should we try it out? So we went out for two weeks and um, just to see if we could actually do it and whether there was an audience for it. And, yeah, so that was like 15 years ago. So it's, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's odd how it works. You guys have been doing this tour for 15 years. That's crazy. I didn't know it was know, that long. Was, uh, yeah, I was in my early 40s. Those days are gone. <laughs> yeah, I remember, I think the first time I ever saw you guys, every time, again, every year you guys come around, I try and see you locally. I saw you uh, two years ago in Easton. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to make it. And I know you performed last year, but I know you guys perform State Theater in Easton every year. Uh, this time around, I will actually be at your Sugar House Casino show in philadelphia this coming saturday uh so i'm I'm looking forward to that and um i hope uh, to take brad up on his invitation and possibly meet you guys after the show um but i know remember the first uh, the first time i ever saw you guys you guys were playing colleges you guys were playing miller you played millersville university in in lancaster and mm-hmm. I think okay, yeah. I, I'm not sure if you remember that show, but or at least remember visiting there. But that that was probably a good like probably probably like good eight to ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. We I mean we still do colleges. It's, it's interesting all the different. Uh, I mean a college crowd is so different from your regular crowd, and then a casino audience is different yet again. So it always keeps us on our toes. We can never get uh, complacent and just. Uh, there's never um, a thing before the show where we sit there and go, you know what? It's going to be a great show tonight. 
we are confident in that. It's just never happening. As soon as we walk out, it's just we're panicking from the beginning to the end. Especially leading up Is to there... mouse traps that close it out. Yes. Yeah. We've tried to get rid of that sucker. It's, it's not going to happen. Audiences are cruel. They love to see minor celebrities hurt themselves. There, there's a better chance of mouse traps becoming more extreme than mouse traps going away, I feel like. Yeah, we've uh, tried. Um, oh, actually, in, uh, just in Milwaukee, Bear we traps. had hanging mouse traps. So we oh, had mouse traps, but then we had uh, like ten mouse traps hanging at head and genital area. That sounds <laughs> terrible. So I know, and pretty soon we'll just be letting them on fire. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I, I think the key to getting rid of it is is uh, changing it to an audience participation game. I think you may have something there. <laughs> no, I'm going to Because I know I would uh, be okay. Yeah. <laughs> you'd, probably find, you'd probably still find some crazy enough people in the audience to come up and do it. Definitely oh, at sure. the colleges. There are people who, no matter, it's like, what? Yeah. If I'm on stage, I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, speaking of the games that you guys play on stage, I know Brad had mentioned you guys have a new one um, this time around where you with music involved and mm-hmm. i think he said that's probably one of his favorite games at the time being um how do you guys come up with um with new games that you play do you do just research other games that might be out there and you just put your own spin on things or do you try and come up with ones on your own uh yeah it's sort of a mix of that sometimes um we'll 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 try um, sort of shoving games together and having a bit of a mashup. So, so the um, other day we did that the, the song, uh, the new song game we did, but we also um, used sentences with it. So it, anything that keeps us off balance, we find that's when the show works best, when we're constantly outside of our comfort zone. So we try to come up with games that, you know, of course we're trying to come up with games that have at least a 60% chance of succeeding. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and it's also tough because it, it, it's just the two of us. So we've kind of had to adapt by using audience members. Um, and we always think, well, I guess that's kind of the last game. We've run out of games, and then something else will always come up. So uh, actually, since I think last week, we came up with a couple of more, which I'm sure Brad has forgotten about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to say um, – um, <clears throat> sorry, Adam um, – I have to say that um, improv has been um, such a big help in in other degrees, and I don't know if anybody has ever told you about like how improv has helped in their life and such. But I know um, I helped at one point a couple years back with uh, I went back to my old high school and I was helping with their musical program, and there was a lot of new students that were you know just getting used to being on stage and we were trying to work out fear and things like that and we actually ended up holding a workshop with them that was pretty much all improv and we just used a lot of the games that you guys have done on stage and whose line is it anyway with the kids and it it seemed to really bring a lot of kids out of their shell even if they weren't good at improv it just seemed to kind of break them out of old habits and um even make them more um more confident when they were on stage Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think the, the proudest thing I, uh, about Who's Line for us is that it sort of got improv out there, and then it had all these um, sort of side effects. That, you know, when we do the show, it's, um, 
we tend to be humble about it just because I think partly we're embarrassed because it's like, what do you do for a living? Well, it depends. The audience tells me to do something and I do it. That's, that's what I do. Um, but so many times, uh, you know, we'll have people come up after the show and, you know, they've been fighting depression or um, going through a bad time with a divorce or a, uh, a family member dying. And you, it sort of reminds you um, that comedy is um, a vital service. It can get you through uh, a bad time. And uh, improv is great for, um, I know there's been um, classes with uh, autistic children, and it sort of helps bring them out too. Um, a lot of businesses use Second City uh, to teach them improv classes because it helps them either get used to uh, speaking in public or just uh, working as a team. So um, it's great that improv is, is being used more and more in, in real life. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it does help in a lot of uh, different aspects of it uh, as well. Like I said, you know, bringing out the confidence and, and even, uh, you know, it's almost like the the whole comedy is the, you know, laugh, laughter is the best medicine, um, you know, because going to see your show, you could be in the worst mood you've ever been in and just walking out after seeing you guys do what you do on stage. It's just, it's such an uplifter. And I know I always feel great just from laughing. That's one of the, and that's yet another reason why I just go to see your show every time it, it comes around. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think everybody, you know, everybody loves to laugh. You'll never find somebody that goes, oh, crap, I don't, <laughs> don't make me laugh. Um, and as you say, you do feel better afterwards, and it can get you, it's nice just for like an hour, two hours, not to think of anything else except what is happening at that point. There's nothing else happening in the world. There's no governments. There's no uh, whatever is bothering you at that particular moment. So it, it's, it's nice to have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I mean the the show itself, uh, you definitely get your money's worth because if I remember correctly, uh, when I came to see you guys in Easton, there was even like an intermission, like you can get you know oh, yeah, ten fifteen shameless. minutes. <laughs> just can't get us. I mean, in the casino, they tend to say you'll have to get off by this time because we want people to gamble, <laughs> so yeah. we can't yeah. be doing our Springsteen shows where we're just going on and on. So, um, but yeah, we tend to. And we're always amazed when we come off and they'll go, you know, that was a two and a half hour show. Was, you know, we always feel like it felt like it was 45 minutes. Oh, yeah. But we were just, you know, wanking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, do you guys usually tend to hang out afterwards to meet the crowds or do you just kind of just chill backstage and just kind of come down, especially let the, the pain from mousetraps kind of subside? <laughs> Ice yeah, feet. I mean, it depends. Sometimes there's meet and greets. We, uh, um, you know, uh, people come to the stage door. We certainly go out and meet them and sign autographs or whatever. We never, we don't have it like a hard and fast rule. We certainly would not. Uh, there was one time we were leaving a gig, and then we sort of noticed, oh, there's a bunch of people. They were waiting at the wrong door. So we drove back. <laughs> <laughs> and as I pulled up, I, uh, we thought, my God, I hope they are waiting here for an autograph because this is going to be very embarrassing. <laughs> it's the bathroom <laughs> line or something like have. that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, luckily, it, it worked out. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we always love meeting um, our audience and the people who enjoy the show. Yeah. Uh, I know last time we talked to you, um, it was before you guys were gearing up for a Who's Line UK reunion, uh, which I know has since yeah. happened. Uh, how how was that getting back together with everybody in the UK? Uh, it was great. We had a lot of fun. Um, it was great seeing Clive again. Uh, Josie um, 
I hadn't seen for a while, and she's always fun to play with, and Steve Frost. And, um, yeah, it was it was great. We, and we did it at the Palladium, which is this beautiful theater in London, and um, every show was sold out. I, it was almost... I, I was getting tired of uh, meeting people at the end, and, you know, they would all come up and go, you know, I grew up with you. I've watched you since I was three, and... I just felt like uh, almost a fossil, like <laughs> Stonehenge or something. Uh, note, but it was a, it was it was great. Yeah. Note to self: if I meet you on Saturday, don't say I've been watching since I was three. Don't mention an age. <laughs> don't mention an age yeah. at all. Uh, I've been watching you uh, pretty recently, last year too. Oh, good. That's good. There you go. <laughs> I discovered you on CW. Uh, well... Yeah. Right. There you go. Sure. Some people, has there been anybody that, you know, kind of, I guess a younger crowd would have found you guys on the CW because they watch the CW. And then, you know, if I think it, the CW seed, I think it's called, has every Who's Line every episode show. ever. Yeah. Well, it started, uh, I guess, about six years ago. We noticed, well, it must be longer, like eight years ago. We noticed our audience was getting younger, which never happens. <laughs> You'll never see an act go, oh, yeah, our audience is getting younger and younger. Uh, right. <laughs> but we realized it was because they were catching up with the show on YouTube and the Internet. So they, there was some interest generated. And that was the reason I am pretty sure we came back in the CW. They sort of saw that there was a renewed interest in the show, and that's, that's why they brought us back. We're, I mean, we're on a youth network. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All you, of us. Yeah. <laughs> we would never get cast in any other CW show <laughs> except as maybe a vampire or a great-grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, oh my god i just imagined i colin i just pictured you as like a vampire on supernatural i don't know why i could do it i, I think you, you could you I'd absolutely pushing. could be awesome <laughs> no i'd be pushing like people on supergirl on arrow on flash come on man use me you need old people <laughs> yeah. i would love to see we you. are uh we're big fans of that show so we we would those shows that see uh, the the comic show so if you popped up on that that would just make our year or oh absolutely uh, century basically <laughs> if oh, I, saw I you... know like every superhero has some sort of bald super villain <laughs> so come on let's get on it cw <laughs> I, was, I would love to see you pop up on the flash cool. that would that would make my season so seriously to. that'd be awesome i can you know what and that reminds um, that reminds me too i remember right. um a, a movie i remember seeing you pop up in a movie um, and I remember seeing you pop up in the tuxedo with Jackie Chan yeah. and Jennifer Love Hewitt. Um, and I, I just remember like being so happy seeing you pop up in that movie. Here's how I got that part. Um, I got a call from, um, my agent who said, um, they're filming the tuxedo in town. They want to have a table read of the script to get a idea of what the comedy's like and how long it runs, and they want you to read a part. And I went, oh, sure, great. What part? And they said, uh, you'll be reading the part of Jackie Chan. <laughs> because Jackie, uh, English is not his first language. No. And they, because they want to get a sense of what the comedy works. So, so I went there, and Jackie Chan was sitting beside me, and I read all his lines as, uh, as Jackie Chan. <laughs> and... Uh, they decided to throw me apart because that's of that. awesome. That's great. 
<laughs> he was lovely. He was a lovely man. I have to What's say. um? He, he kept mouthing um, yeah. <laughs> the words with me, and then he would do a scene and then come up and say, "Was that funny?" <laughs> You're Jackie Chan. <laughs> don't ask me. I just wanted to get involved. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, um, I know one of your one of the current things that with um, you know all these streaming networks and stuff. Uh, I, I see you listed here as a recurring character on a show called Is it Androids on Amazon? Androids, yeah, yeah. Uh, what it is that? A, a, it looks like a kids show. It is a, a, a well, kids or young adults. Yeah, it's done uh, okay. very well. It's from uh, shown throughout the. Um, the known universe and just won some international Emmys. It's about these three kids who are uh, sort of the life lessons they learn using science and androids. You know, you're basically... Yeah, I was going to say it's... <laughs> I was going to say it's four thought, seasons. Uh, we actually... Um, I play their... Um, one of the girls' grandmother's boyfriend. <laughs> that's where I'm at. So um, totally. just, we had this scene where we are on a camping trip and part of it was... Um, we get stopped by a bear. So we had this giant grizzly bear who um, had done a lot of work in the business, uh, so was a veteran. And uh, the trainer said, okay, there, you see this wire around here? Uh, it gives him a little shock, so he knows to stay behind that. So we were acting, and then I heard the um, trainer swear as I'm watching the giant bear walk <laughs> over the little part that's supposed to stop him. Um, <laughs> I gotta tell you, there's <laughs> nothing like. My first thought was, I'm pretty sure I can outrun two of the kids, <laughs> so I should be all right. <laughs> but I thought, no, maybe I should hang around. And uh, luckily, the bear was just kind of curious and kind of walked off, and they they kind of wrangled them uh, ten minutes later. But that was pretty much shooting done for the day. The kids were kind of hysterical. Their parents is- were insane. <laughs> I was uh, cracking jokes, but nobody was going for it. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. Um, yeah. I know uh, we got to wrap things up with you too, but I wanted to take a yeah, second. Um, not what you want to see here. No. Um, I wanted to take a second, though, before we let you go um, on, on a more serious note. And um, I, I wanted to applaud you for um, the way you handled things with uh, with your daughter. Uh, I, oh, I re- thank you very much. I read a lot of stories about that when I saw that, and I'm definitely on your side when it comes to that and, you know, the insensitivity of people. And uh, I, I just wanted to applaud you for, for the way that you handled things with that. Oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> for people who don't know, my um, son is transitioning to my daughter, and so we're that's kind of what we're going through right now. And for some, <laughs> not for an odd reason, I put it on Twitter as sort of a positive thing. And I have to say, the um, the feedback was overwhelmingly positive and great. But, you, you know, there is that negative side where you just go, oh. Uh, but, yeah, I applaud her. Uh, you know, I, I love her. She's my kid. Yeah. And um, I think it's very brave for her to uh, live the life she wants to live so that she'll be happy. And it's pretty much what we all want. So yeah. Kudos to her and... Um, yeah, kudos to awesome. everyone who supported that. Yeah, exactly. So um, <clears throat> you definitely had our support, and she has our support with that as well. So <clears throat> I just wanted to to bring that up. I didn't want to go into too much detail in, in case you weren't comfortable talking about it, but you you did anyway. So that was uh, that was good. No, uh, we've been sorry. We uh, up in Canada, we hit some um, um, TV shows, which was great. But of course, you get those. My favorite my favorite comment was 
Oh, it just seems like another fading actor trying to save his career. And I thought, wow, that may be the worst way to resurrect your career. <laughs> Make your child <laughs> yeah, exactly. transition into an opposite sex. Come on, kid, it's really going to help me with my career. <laughs> so, exactly. Oh, God bless them all. I don't know how that works. <laughs> Um, I don't know how it works either. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyway, back to the show. You guys are hitting some uh, some areas local to us. We know this coming weekend you're going to be out here uh, on May 11th. You're going to be <laughs> in uh, Wilkes-Barre at the FM Kirby the- FM Kirby Center. Uh, the 12th, you're going to be in Gettysburg at the Majestic Theater. And then Saturday, I'll be uh, in the audience as you guys are at Sugar House Casino in, uh, in Philadelphia. Excellent. So uh, I hope to meet you and Brad after the show. Uh, I, I Again, I haven't had an opportunity to do that yet, and uh, I would absolutely love to meet you guys in person. So uh, hopefully – Come right back. Yep. I'll, I'll stick around after the show. I'll definitely do that. And, and um, uh, we wish you the best of luck with the show and with everything in the future. And, Colin, thanks for, uh, thanks for, for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on. So uh, – Everybody else, be sure to check out our website, nextlevelradioonline.com. Follow us on Twitter at NXT Level Radio, and we will see you guys around the bend.